0: Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you
1: from the Diocese of Sioux City.
0: What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crowdy, and I'm Father Shane Demon, and we love coming back to you here. Here we actually are in Sioux City this time. This time we're in Sioux City. You always get to hear about where we're recording from, so here we back back at uh, at Healing. It's good to be with you, Father. Cool. Likewise, good to be with you. Yeah. Uh, beverage check, just because it's always interesting. Yeah. You got a bottle of <laughs> almost almost it, dumped bottle um, San Pellegrino <laughs> sparkling water that I yoinked out of the uh, cathedrals fridge over there at the rectory
1: okay congratulations
0: so. on your sparkling water
1: thanks really appreciate that i was going to offer you tap water but i see that the taste yeah you know, it was just this is little, pretty
0: pretty bougie I mean, here at healing you little guys little probably have sparkling, sparkling water in the tap here right yeah we are right Masked we have
1: fountains it. of sparkling water here for our high <laughs> school LaCroix, students of Lacroix in the midwest
0: that's neat that's, <laughs> neat. that's good. we have hinta
1: hinta lime at our <laughs> lunch tables yeah, whatever you know.
0: <laughs> i don't need that we do not sorry Oh whatever! How you been, Father Shane? You know, good. Life good. is good. Prayer's been good. You had your seminarians back home for a little Christmas gathering?
1: Yeah, it was good to see the boys. Um, see the boys. They all seem to be healthy and holy in every way. Oh, that's good. At least that's what they tell me.
0: We had a little seminary reunion recently at All Saints in the Mars when uh-huh. Deacon Zach Jones came back and he yeah. preached a mass at his former uh, summer assignment. Do parish. tell. Was and it? Then it was great. Yeah. yeah so he in knows preparation for yeah, in preparation for Christmas, we were talking about. Uh, I think the gospel was about uh, John the Baptist either being named Zacharias, mm-hmm. like his father, mm-hmm. Zachariah, or John. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what those two names meant, so Deacon Zach broke it down for us. Nice. Said that Zachariah referred to thanksgiving of God's blessings in the past, and that John is like this the grace of God. Yeah, gift of God. In the present. So mm-hmm. that's he was kind of looking at this, church fathers wrote about um, the move from looking back to looking now what god's doing so it was pretty awesome nice but then seminary and anthony vera was back in action yeah uh, his, hometown of the in his hometown so it was yeah. good good he was serving uh no just hanging out we is a pretty small little sanctuary there in the back chapel sure so we were kind of packed in there with a con celebrating priest and a deacon so. sure <laughs> yeah and some you know christmas de- decor that kind of sure. takes up some space so. eight foot wide trees and um everything. not any trees but a large uh i'm always confused with what the heck is a crash what is that actually referring to is a creche like the whole like thing, like the whole space of a nativity scene, or is it just like the thing you put the baby Jesus in? The manger itself.
1: I've always thought of it as just the manger.
0: Just so the manger being like the feeding trough that Jesus is placed in. I think so, but I'm not an expert okay, in this. Okay, neither am I. But anyway, listeners can write of those. That's kind of in the way. So okay. that's the deal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Zach Jones' deal. Huh? That's a good deal. That's
0: right. <laughs> Well, what else is this new? Anything? Oh, oh! shout out. Uh, we got some listeners. Um, to whom? Well, uh, she's a grandmother now, Terry Fangman. Hey, hey, in Omaha, I baptized her granddaughter, Sloan. Nice. Um, so her name's Sloan, the granddaughter. And I call her Sloan, Iowa, because that's the only place I know named after Sloan. Sure. Um, but it was great. It was a great baptism in St. Wenceslaus in Omaha. That's a big church. Were you in the main church? No, so this is neat. Um, Sydney, Terry's daughter, was baptized in the old church uh, when they lived in Omaha. Okay. So that baptismal font, the former one from the main church, mm-hmm. is sort of like the uh, holy water stoop for the chapel, for the day chapel. Okay. So we did it in the day chapel there. Nice. Which is, Sweet. Yeah, so same baptismal font as mom was baptized in. Maybe he was baptized in. Okay. It was good, yeah. Father Taylor was the, uh, was the godfather. Oh, okay. So it was nice, yeah. Well, big, happy Catholic reunion there. Absolutely. That's good. How about that? It's that?
1: How about that? That's a nice so, thing. So speaking
0: of, um, you know, baptisms, usually a marriage of a couple precedes baptism. Not always, but hopefully. Traditionally. Traditionally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've just had some marriage preps recently and talking to a lot of people about sacrament of marriage. I know eons ago. Now we talked about marriage on the podcast when father Taylor left, was on. Yes. which is kind of fun. Over 75 episodes ago, actually. That's a long time. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. To you t- that. You too. Thank you. Um, I just thought it'd be really helpful to clear up some stuff about sort of how to be how to how to receive the sacrament of marriage as a Catholic mm-hmm. if you're a Catholic and haven't received the sacrament of marriage um, through the proper channels uh how to do that right how to kind of uh, fix that and then if you find yourself in a situation as a Catholic um, having been divorced or in that process or seeking um, to be remarried if you will Mm -hmm. um what the heck annulments are all about right because i have found that this whole topic of marriage can can be um something that really makes people feel outcast Mm -hmm. um, from just even understanding their own faith or understanding where they fit within the church then the life of the church um and how to kind of remedy that and how to come back to the church so
1: well i think it's a helpful topic topic. obviously because it's so timely with You know, we've known for years now that over 50% of U.S. marriages end in divorce. That's all marriages, not just those in the Catholic Church. Uh, So, you know, we're living in a culture that doesn't really support the beauty and the dignity and the sanctity of marriage, certainly in a sacramental sense. But also, if you don't get marriage right in the sense of understanding it and comprehending its beauty sacramentally, you have a hard time understanding what the church's relationship is to Christ, the bridegroom, then as bride and groom are united, particularly in the eternal um, wedding feast to come of heaven. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get marriage right as, as the creator intended it
0: um, because it has grave, uh, you know, great uh, spiritual implications for yeah, us. You know, Absolutely. And then also culturally, you know, okay. So there's a lot of divorce happening, but then also what we talk about frequently here, the growing population of nuns, mm-hmm. uh, not the ones who have habits on, but the ones who just <laughs> don't believe in anything. Right. Right. Young people, especially millennials and Gen Z who just say, they don't have any faith, any religion at all. Well then, then it becomes weird because okay, you're baptized as a Catholic, but then you fall away from the faith or a practice of the faith. Then you're, you know, 25 to 30 and you're seeking marriage and it's just really confusing, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of options out there. So mm-hmm. what are what are you supposed to do? All right. Yeah, that's the question. Absolutely. So here's the deal. What's if you're deal? a baptized Catholic, you are required by canon law and that people people are be like just bear with me here. Ouch. of law. Big Cannonball. bad of law. And let me just make this little little, little, little piece here. Are you a, a fan of the Harry Potter films or books? Can't say that I'm a real expert but, uh, in uh, those. Are you familiar those... with them enough. I'm familiar. Yes, indeed. So, in the fifth Harry Potter book and movie called The Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. you have this really terrible um, uh, head mistress, if you will, who comes to Hogwarts named Professor Umbridge. And mm-hmm. she's really terrible, right? She wears a pink uh, uh, Skirt, skirt, suit, suit, skirt, whatever. Um, Jumper? We, no. What do you call that? With like a like a suit jacket on top and a skirt. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. Not a pantsuit, but a skirt <laughs> suit, whatever. Um, so she just starts implementing all of these random, arbitrary rules that oppress the students, and they nail them to the stone walls of the inside of Ooh, the, what a protest the school. And it's they nail those. Well, that's how the students see them because uh-huh. they're just nailed to the wall, right? So they're they're just random and arbitrary, and I think that's how a lot of people think like church rules in the Catholic churches, just mm-hmm. these random arbitrary rules. That the Pope just keeps adding to some list in St. Peter's not true. Right. Right. So it comes out of natural law. Right. We Look at ourselves as humans, what we're made for, what we're designed for, for our flourishing, for our happiness. Those have been codified in Canon law and we mm-hmm. have those now. So anyways, if you're Catholic, if you're baptized Catholic, Canon law requires you to be married, quote unquote, in the church. Now in the church doesn't even necessarily have to mean inside of a Catholic church. Right, because there are a lot of different allowances and permissions that can be given from the bishop. Right? Right. So the sort of like ordinary a kind of like Im, you know, image of marriage would be like two Catholics approaching a priest and seeking the sacrament of marriage. Right? Mm-hmm. We have a process that usually takes about six months of preparation and formation for the sacrament of marriage. Right. And if it's between two Catholics, then after about those six months, there'll be a mass and celebrate the sacrament of marriage. Right? Right. The couple will exchange those vows. Um, if a Catholic and a non-Catholic approach the church, approach the priest, approach the parish, there's a permission that you can be married within the Catholic church between a Catholic and a non-Catholic Christian. There's permission to be married between a Catholic and a non-baptized person. Mm-hmm. right? And there's even permission that if you're, for, for different situations, to be married— through the right means of the church to receive permission to actually exchange vows in front of a Protestant minister mm-hmm. as a Catholic, mm-hmm. but all this goes through the right channels to bring about a valid marriage, sacramental union, sacramental union, right? yes. yes, valid marriage. Okay, let's say though that you didn't do that, that you you didn't go through those channels, and you find yourself maybe just went just as a peace or you went to another Protestant church, or you're just not you know not married at all. Mm-hmm and you're seeking later on to have something in your life, you know, that marriage remedied, and people will say, you know, I want to be right with the church. But they often say, I want my marriage blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, the official word for that is called convalidation. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to say as the church is, well, you haven't really received the sacrament of marriage in the first place, even if you have a legal document that says you're married. Um, convalidation means we're going to bring like validity to this marriage. Mm-hmm. Depending where you're at in life, depending how long you've been civilly married, there's probably going to look like the same process of preparation for marriage as a couple who approaches kind of as, as a young couple for the first time before they're married civilly. Um, maybe,
1: maybe not going over all like the basics of relationships. Right. if you've been together for a long time. Right, right? But, but entering into the basics of how is this going to be a sacramental union and how can we elevate this
0: understanding of a relationship through a lens of faith. Right, and that can be... A small, quiet celebration. That mm-hmm. can be a bigger celebration if you've never had the kind of church wedding before. Right. Um, that happens often with my Hispanic community. Um, but there's, there's so many options available. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many possibilities. If you're in an irregular situation of marriage as Catholic, you can come back. You can mm-hmm. have your marriage convalidated, right? Lastly, and then I'll let you kind of add some... You're doing uh, great. Spice it Go up with your, with your thoughts here. I'll hold my spice. Last, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lastly. Okay. Lastly... <laughs> If you have experienced, you know, sadly, and, and so many, so many do, have that as a part of their story, um, experienced divorce, and are seeking um, remarriage, or if you've already sought to be uh, married again civilly, like after a civil divorce, there's a process called annulments, and this is so confusing and probably one of the most outcasting elements of kind of the the questions around marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people hear that annulment. And they think that it's just like synonymous with okay, that's Catholic divorce. That I got to pay a whole bunch of money to the church, fill out all these paper, all this paperwork, and then eventually they'll just kind of push it through the system. It'll pop out, and they'll tell me, "Okay, now I'm free to marry." Wave right? across over me, dabble, exactly. Dabble a
1: little uh, holy, yeah, water. holy now, water. Now I'm like really Bada-bing, married.
0: Bada boom, marry in the church, blessed. Right, have your marriage blessed. Right. right? What's well, not the case, right? So, like, the church upholds the sacrament of marriage so much because I think in a beautiful way. The sacrament of marriage is an image, an icon in the world of Jesus's love for the church. Mm -hmm. Right, that's the beauty of the sacrament. That as a couple exchanges um, lifelong vows of free, full, faithful, fruitful love, as Mm -hmm. Paul the Six would say, um, they become an icon in the world of Christ's love to the church. We really need that in the world. That's really important. So the church like upholds marriage to a high standard, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But because that's the case, we really want to defend marriage. So we want to say no. That marriage marriage is for life. If you've promised vows for for life, then it's for life. I mean, we can't just like break that apart just because we have a, a paper from a courthouse that says so. So what the church does and canon lawyers do is they look at the marriage from the beginning to see if if it really was valid, right? Yeah, from and a sacramental from perspective. from a sacramental perspective, right? That mm-hmm. that does not like make invalid children that were born of that marriage. It doesn't yeah. make invalid all the years that you spent together and all the things that happened but it's looking at the sacramental validity at the very beginning of the marriage. Right. That was exchanged. Um, thoughts?
1: Oh, lots. Is it time for, is time for my spice here. <laughs> spice it up. All right. So a couple of things come to mind um, for anyone who might be out there kind of wanting to um, have their marriage quote unquote blessed, or as you say, convalidated in the right. church if you just feel like you've never really kind of done the whole Christian preparation for a sacramental marriage, please know you are most welcome. Absolutely. All right. This isn't, you're, you're not going to have to go in front of a, a, you know, a big tribunal and repent for all your sins to say, you know, we're terrible Christians, you know, maybe through a lack of formation, a lack of understanding circumstances in which someone was being deployed for the military. Maybe you just jumped into a civil marriage right away. It could be a yeah, variety of things. Maybe there's a
0: pregnancy that came about and you just kind of, didn't have the time to jump into that. Right. Or maybe you've been away from the church for like a lot of different reasons. Right. right? Yeah. Just please, please
1: know you are most welcome. Uh, the church really is interested in helping you have as much grace as possible on your side, um, to live your life in a very holy sanctifying way and to let that married love that married union within your home, then enrich all of us in the broader church. All right. Um, but then also, I think that same level of welcome needs to be extended to, to, to those who are feeling like they needed an annulment. Mm-hmm. You know, either they, they, ha- they are remarried already, or they're seeking remarriage, or they want to be open to the possibility of remarriage. Uh, please know you are most welcome. Um, you know, as you pointed out, that's one of the most stigmatized things that makes people kind of feel most outcast in so many ways in our parish life. Yeah. Um, and please know that you're most welcome. The church certainly recognizes that there are times in which uh, marriage bans fall apart, particularly, you know, speaking to those in, for whom it might not be their fault, mm-hmm. you know. Um, was there something hidden by your spouse? Yeah. Um, was there abuse? Something held back. Something held back. Was there abuse? Mm-hmm. Was there a lack of what the church fully intends for the beauty and the fruit of marriage on so many levels, you know, uh, if some of that was not lacking and especially a
0: huge lack of immaturity, if it was really young or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yes. For all the number of reasons that we're, we're not going to kind of delineate all of them here, but for all of those reasons in which it might not be someone's fault in which they might feel very stigmatized, uh, please know that you are most welcome, uh, to be receiving assistance from the church. um, Obviously, the annulment process isn't just a guaranteed for everybody, and there are reasons for that. Um, I, I think there are many people who are afraid to kind of go through the annulment process because they feel like they might be kind of ripping open the Band-Aid and they might not want to visit old wounds. Nevertheless, I have walked through the annulment process with a number of people, and I think they find it actually to be very therapeutic, and there can be a healing to that to say, all right, why don't I go back and revisit some of that with the help of the church to not only find healing in that, but then to eventually find the graces of of matrimony in the church right. for a, an additional boost of grace going forward with the rest of my life. Right. All of that can be deeply therapeutic.
0: Mm-hmm. And so often the opposite happens, where so many don't deal with 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 the struggle, with the woundedness that really happens there, and how much, and just kind of try to move on and push through it. People are really resilient, and they do that in a lot of ways. But a lot of that unresolved woundedness stays there deep down, and if it's never resolved, it can really like breed resentment or different issues that are like really, um, like deep down that need to be revealed. Yeah, and, and could fester mm-hmm. and thereby negatively negatively impact a new relationship. Absolutely, I right? think there, and I've noticed this in um, in a lot of different uh, people in their lives. There's kind of the idea of like, oh, like you experienced a, a really difficult first marriage that resulted in divorce. I exal- experienced the same thing. Oh, well great. Then like it was, you know, it was our, our former spouse's fault. So right. we'll be fine. And it's like, but you're, you're carrying so much baggage and woundedness and difficulty, um, that can be healed. Right. That The light of Christ can actually shine on that. Right. Um, so it's not just like a, a bunch of like legal rigmarole from the church because we really believe that, that Jesus wants to shed his light and His like healing rays mm-hmm. into the midst of darkness. I love the image of um, Divine Mercy from uh, St. Faustina mm-hmm. where Jesus is stepping into darkness, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what he wants to do, step into the midst of um, confusion and struggle and difficulty and darkness and bring his light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this this area of marriage, whether it's, it's your preparation to approach the sacrament of marriage for the first time, <coughs> whether it's this experience of, okay, maybe not going about it the, the right way and desiring to, to have God bless this union that's been established for some time, or to experience the healing that needs to come um, through the process of annulment, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is, is, is here, and he's, right. he's here for us. in this process, this conversation that can happen in the context of the church, um, that's, that's Jesus' way of, of touching our lives, right. bringing us his healing and his light. Well, beautiful, well said. Father Travis, have
1: you ever encountered some folks who are very resistant to the idea of a church wedding or getting it kind of quote-unquote blessed in the church because I have experienced this, where there's sometimes a superstition that says, if you get your marriage blessed in the church, you're going to have all kinds of problems. Have you ever experienced that among um, parishioners? A,
0: I have a little bit. Well, and I, I have the unique experience of the Latino community, mm-hmm. and that and, and any Latino people listening from from uh, um, especially South America, or Central America, Mexico. Um, so often, America is very unique in that marriage license happen, you receive those at the exact same time as a church wedding mm-hmm. in Mexico or other um, Central American countries. Um, the experience is you often go to the courthouse, receive a marriage license, and then hopefully close, you come to receive the sacrament of marriage um, at the church. But so often here I've noticed that people don't feel like worthy um, to receive the sacrament of marriage. They mm-hmm. stay in kind of that civil marriage for a while, mm-hmm. but there's some superstition there sometimes too. Like we'll hang out in this place of civil marriage for a while. Um, Cause we don't know about that. Well, I think there's a, an underlying
1: superstition that says, if, if God really a, a blesses your marriage, then the cross is going to come, and you're going to have problems. Um, or maybe there's, a, maybe there's an unspoken fear like, well, it's easy to get out of a civil marriage, but if we don't have to actually yeah. get blessed in the church, ah. well, then we'll never have to deal with that whole annulment process, which isn't true for right. baptized Catholics who yeah. are bound to that sacrament. Um, but, you know, I, I think that superstition, you know, is, is ridiculous on a number of levels because, number one, uh, one need not fear what Jesus has in mind for you for the future. I mean, he really does want to bless you. He really does want his children to be happy. Number two, I mean, the image that comes to mind is, do you really want to go through your married life just kind of trying to row your own boat together with mm-hmm. your spouse? Why not put up a sail a wind sail, and let the grace of the Holy Spirit through the sacraments that the the marriage union can be, you know can be blessed with. Why not let that sail help you? You know, pick up speed, right, and take some of the workload off. You know, if if we don't really understand the sacraments that are available from a graced perspective, you know, you're leaving grace on the table if you want to walk away from the church's sacrament of marriage, yeah. right? You're not disposing yourself, you're not availing yourself to all the graces that could be assisting you. In married life, you know you're rowing on your own, without ever putting up the sails to let the wind catch it and, and push you along as an assistance, right? Right. Um, I, so I, I think we really have to work on that superstition, uh, not just as a fear of getting too deep into marriage, too deep into what God might be asking me. Mm. I mean, God forbid we actually enter into marriage with heroic holiness and really take seriously to call the call to help our spouses get to heaven. Um. The graces are there to help you do that. You need not go through life alone.
0: right? Uh, but God's God's aid really wants to help you. Absolutely. So that's that's the invitation, right? Grace is available. So if you are approaching the sacrament of marriage for the first time, the grace through the sacrament of marriage is available. So talk to your priest, right? If you're Catholic, go through these. Or if, you're, if your future spouse is, is Catholic, go through the right channels, right? Um, if you're in an experience where you, you desire to have that marriage that you've been, you know, a civil union, blessed and received the sacrament of marriage through convalidation great it's time take that next step come to the come to the priest come to the church um if you're in that experience of needing desiring um to walk through that process of annulment wonderful the grace of jesus is here for you so if you're being encouraged by the lord to take the next step do it and we're here for you we're praying for you so from your spiritual father an outcast catholic listen to the lord take that next step god bless
1: thanks everyone see ya
0: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.